to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. listeners to another episode of Loki brought to you by the two marks this time we are discussing episode five journey into mystery and once again the two marks are delivering an irreverent review providing you lively debate conversation and social commentary has the smoke monster from lost ended up in the good place will alligator Loki be turned into a handbag when will we hear Mobius say wow have we found a ship from Uranus all this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode let me introduce my friend and co-host Mr. Mark Pollard hi mate hello how you doing we're back again we are back for the penultimate. Oh my word, yeah. That's oh, come around quick, hasn't it? It's getting very exciting. Yes. What did you think of this week's episode? Going straight into it, aren't we? It's good to hear what you thought. I enjoyed this one, but I don't know whether it was similar to episode three when they're on the planet. I very much liken it to episode three. Yeah. After the euphoria of last week, which was just oh. a wet dream of an episode. Yeah. This week felt slightly less amazing. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean that it was a bad episode, but it was a bit like episode three, which I felt had some stuff that I didn't particularly like or I found irritating. Lots of stuff I enjoyed but wasn't amazingly exciting. Although I'm going to be kinder this week because actually with hindsight episode 4 was as amazing as it was because of the stuff they did in episode 3 and I'm kind of hoping we're going to get that same benefit in episode 6 because of the groundwork that they've surreptitiously laid in episode 5. I think as they've gone on they've allowed us a palate cleanser. Episode 3 on its own didn't seem to be as good as episode 2. When you led into 4 it paid off didn't it? And I think exactly the same as you that this will be preparing the ground for the finale they have to tie up all these loose ends because it moving into the final episode you don't know what's going to happen do you no or you don't know where this is going to go well but... I do because I have my predictions and oh, so I'm yeah. probably going to be right well this episode I think could prove you wrong really there's a lot of evidence just for the record I can't remember what the predictions were I made last week so I'm probably going to be making new predictions which are contrary to the predictions I made last week or I'll be making the same predictions again I've just forgotten that I made them last week but no matter what whatever prediction was or wasn't made you made it yeah whatever outcome you are always right yeah that's pretty much the tva to a point isn't it really yeah any situation where you weren't correct you've gone back and deleted it yes you know me so well (laughs) well i said episode four was the best one so far and in fact loki by all accounts is the best season of all the shows i've got a feeling episode six is going to leave us mind blown but is that going to be a 10 out of 10 mind blown would you stretch to a 10 out of 10 because we've had this problem before we have i may go 10 out of 10 because it's the last of that episode oh you're like craig revel holwood on strictly come dancing who doesn't use his 10 except for in the final even though when they do the dances it's not strictly a 10 in fact there's plenty of dances earlier on in the episode that more than warranted a better score than the one he's about to give but because it's the final because he's got a tux and because he might get laid at the end of it he's just going to throw the 10 paddle up straight away none of those things are going to happen to me are they so I can pick 10 if I need to episode 4 was a 9 so we could <laughs> we could have another 9 we could have a 10 but we digress indeed we should mention about the competition that we started running last week where we posed a question I'm not going to repeat the question because if you want to know what the question is go and listen to episode 4 if you message us on our social media channels 
emails, that's Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. With the answer to that question, you will go into the draw for winning a TVA jacket. Like me, you can own a jacket that basically says you're always right, irrespective of what everybody else says. And these are officially licensed Disney TVA jackets. Yeah, don't be coming at us with all your lawyer lawsuit threats because we're impinging upon your IP rights. We're paying top, top dollar. Dis- top Disney top dollar. Disney dollar. <laughs> yes, so... Robbing bastards. <laughs> but if you'd like to be a sponsor... <laughs> the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. And then we'll pick out the hat so it's all democratic and all above board. I don't feel we should hold ourselves to the fact that it comes out of a hat. I mean, do you have a hat out of which we could put... It might be a plastic bag. We'll pull the winner out of something that holds multiple entrant tickets. A container. Yeah. We might pull it out of the pocket of the jacket you will win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or the plastic bag from which we've pulled your jacket. So watch this space. We'll do the announcement in our Loki season and one review. Yeah. No, that's what we said last week, yeah. That's what we do. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I, much the Were same. you here last week? <laughs> much, the, much the same as my predictions, as you're going to find out. I may or may not be aware of that. My co-host here, Mark, is a bit like Mobius. He is also a clone of himself <laughs> and forgot all the facts he said last week. But each version of him is equally as lovable. And slender. <laughs> you been to the gym again, haven't you? That doesn't make you slender. That just means I'm slightly less lazy and unhealthy than I have been for the last 18 months. He'll be fitting into a Starfleet uniform in no time at all. Yeah, my expandable pants feel slightly... They feel equally as comfortable as they did before I went to the gym. <laughs> but my body hurts more. And in the morning, trying to get out of bed is like trying to start a fire with wet wood. <laughs> Good analogy. Would you like to tell people how they can get hold of us? Yes, the social medias, which you just mentioned, if you want to email us, the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Subscribe to the Two Marks channel on all of the major podcast platforms. Can't be asked finding those. Then if you go to the podstation.co.uk website, find the Two Marks tab under podcasts, and you'll have the icons for all of those platforms. If you just click on that icon, it will take you straight there, and then you can just subscribe on whichever is your preference. And then every time we download an episode, it'll automatically drop onto your device of choice we do lots of stuff don't we we do exciting stuff <laughs> have you forgotten oh no i wasn't surprised oh well, well do i still have to do the heavy lifting i oh, remember you do all the heavy lifting with all the notes <laughs> God, I've got to do everything around here. So, yeah, we do a couple of Star Trek shows. We've got the Picard talk, which is Star Trek Picard. We've got Disco Fever, which is a Star Trek Discovery one. We do a plethora of Marvel shows, a film policy where we do film reviews, we do tea reviews. There's an awful lot of stuff there. Basically, anything nerdy that gives us an excuse just to sit here and nerd out because we're not allowed to have these conversations at home because no one wants to listen to them. Nobody cares. We, we just have them amongst ourselves and we've just started putting microphones between us. <laughs> just to try and make it more of a, an excuse. So now when my missus goes, where are you going? Oh, I'm off to talk to Mark about nerdy stuff. And she goes, that's really sad. No, get your ass here and make the tea. Now I go, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm recording a podcast with Mark. <laughs> where we're doing exactly the same thing. That's the best excuse ever. Boom. Guys out there, you can learn from this. <laughs> I have copyrighted that. And the best part about it is, because this is a super nerd fest type show, the missus doesn't listen to it, so I can literally say whatever I want, and she'll never know. That's the best, isn't it? Isn't it? It's yeah. like hiding in plain sight. That is the best. I've IP-righted that, so uh, if anyone wants to steal that idea, get in touch with two marks at the pod station to call you. Get a little okay. Shabba.
<laughs> this week's episode is a absolute nerd fest, as you mentioned. I felt it wasn't an episode filled with lots of things. It was focusing on singular narrative, push the story forward, and we'll obviously move into episode six. But what it was an opportunity for Marvel to do is impress us with all their hidden Easter eggs and other. It wasn't even just Marvel Easter eggs. It was just a whole plethora of Easter eggs. I mean, I picked up stuff on the second watch that I hadn't picked up on the first time round. Forgive me, listeners, but I am going to have a mass of Easter eggs for you that I will unpack and share with you at the end. Give us the synopsis. Loki tries to escape the void, a desolate purgatory, where he meets variant versions of himself. Discuss. Yeah, so... I'll start with the negative, shall I? I thought this episode at times was a little bit slapstick. The other Lokis, I quite like some of the fun and some of the banter and some of the comic elements of it, but there were other parts of it which were really badly acted. So, child Loki. I didn't think he performed his lines very well. He felt like he was probably more from the line of duty than a Disney mega blockbuster TV series. Okay. So I didn't think the acting was great. I thought some of the stuff was a little bit slapsticky. Other than that, you know, it was a good episode. We got nice character development with Sylvie and Loki, our Loki. Yeah. Going back to episode three, when they were sort of first stranded on the planet, I thought that was a bit slapsticky. Yeah. And a bit hammy with the way they were acting it and some of the corny lines they're coming out with. Whereas actually towards the end of that episode and since then, their on-screen relationship is brilliant. Absolutely love it. It's developed, hasn't it, over the period of the episodes, which is weird when you think it's only six episodes that three of them have managed to successfully bond those two characters from being against each other to they're not romantically inclined they love each other think of friendship do you think yeah I don't think it's romantic more of a symbiosis of that's the wrong word because that means one's a host one isn't it and it's a shit word you don't like that one do you let's have some synergy instead because of the same person in that regard they know each other more than most because they were destined to be alone and the whole of this arc has been a redemption journey the Loki of 2012 who wants to have his own empire and you've seen from the films has lorded it over people and all he wanted is a kingdom that he could rule when the opportunity has come for him to have that kingdom he's turned his back on it being with Sylvie who is essentially him the two of them complement each other it's weird isn't it yeah I'm still not convinced that they don't want to boink yeah but I think that's out of a narcissistic need it's because they can it's not because they're being naturally led that way they both are the same both have the same goals exactly the same Mm. Because two people who are essentially each other, they're going to arrive at the same point. Oh, yeah. But Self-loving. That's narcissistic. It's not romantic, is it? No. You could have sex with yourself. <laughs> and I have many times. <laughs> You can have sex with yourself. It's a power trip, isn't it? And when you've done it, you go back to going, well, you were great, thank you much. I know it was great. That type of thing. I do like Sylvia as a Loki. I've warmed to her a lot quicker than I thought I was going to. If, for example, and I'm not saying this is a theory because actually I don't think it, I don't know, were the baton to be passed on to Sylvie. I'd be happy with that. I wouldn't mind that. You mentioned this last episode or the other variant that was sitting in that chair last week picked up on it. That would be an excellent opportunity for Tom Hiddleston to step away if that was going to happen and have her take up the pattern I would have no problem with that because it's canical it would make perfect sense it's a nice natural break do you think he is going to pass the baton on no because this isn't the Loki we know the Loki just before he got killed by Thanos was starting to become a bit like the Loki we're seeing now insofar as Thor had washed his hands of him and he'd seen Asgard destroyed so he was coming around to being less of a prick but this Loki is sort of there and some he's almost a good guy 
archetype Loki, isn't he now? Arguably, he's the Loki that we would have seen if Thanos hadn't killed him. Yeah. Because actually, he has had this life experience, but he's had the same visual connectivity because Mobius showed him being killed by Thanos. He showed him Ragnarok. So he's seen what's happened in that future. He's had the same information. I think the Loki we're getting now is what we would have seen if he hadn't had his neck snapped by Thanos. Yeah. There's loads of directions you could go. You could have both of them in the MCU. I know, but this Loki's almost at the point where would he sacrifice himself for the greater good? Whereas obviously Dick Loki, which was the one who was in New York trying to enslave humanity, he wouldn't have given himself up for anything. No, no. Whereas this one, if it was a decision between him and Silver over who gets to survive, I could very much see this Loki going, yeah, I'm going to be chivalrous and I'm going to lay my life down for the greater good. Well, that's what it seems to be in the arc between the two of those. I mean, this picks up as the end credit scene leaves us on episode four, presented with all the different type of Lokis. And this episode just spends its time showing us more variant Lokis. Yeah, but all the variants constantly remind us that Lokis always survive, Lokis always escape. And I think the survive thing has been used a couple of times in previous episodes where it's like, we're not going to die because Lokis don't die. I think Hiddleston's Loki will be the one who will have evolved to the point where he breaks away from being the Loki that all the other Lokis have been in terms of being selfish and narcissistic etc but the flip side of him breaking that barrier Mm. means he also ends up being the one who doesn't survive and that's the reason that the Nexus event looked like an erection (laughs) we're seeing the start that's the embryotic stage of the Nexus event happening the two of them are now a team are you now saying that Sylvie's impregnated by the Nexus the Nexus might have impregnated Sylvie the irony with this is she was actually breastfeeding whilst it was being filmed right one of the things a big hats off to Marvel the costume department made in a costume two zips to allow her to oh, cool. breastfeed that was on her Instagram page so that was good isn't it yeah oh, well fantastic that, I mean, as it should be well, no, I just think it's a nice thing because obviously yeah. she would have been needing to breastfeed the baby and they've gone well don't worry about that we'll put some pockets in so you can zip them and zip them out well done Marvel yes indeed marvellous Alligator Loki did throw himself into the foray. There were a lot of knobhead Lokis, wasn't there? Yeah. Boastful Loki was a knobhead Loki. Yeah. Well, he was a knobhead from the beginning, wasn't he, really? Yeah. yeah. He's not actually canical. But I thought he might be the most impressive because he had Milmia. He had a variation of it, But he, he didn't, yeah. No, I think he just made himself he something made... that looked like it. It's like those middle-aged people who buy the supercars because they're missing something down. Well, I think it's a Walter Mitty thing. I used to work with a guy who would give us outlandish stories. He reckoned he was in the TA and he told me once about a story where he was called up a Chinook was sent to his house threw a rope down and he had to climb up the rope that type of bullshit story cooking like his that. tea he got a phone call on the red flashing bat phone Could his initials were fired into the sky like a light that's when he knew that the helicopter was coming to get him and he sent a Chinook to pick him up from his back garden not talking he lived in like a massive meadow I call Monster. yep well that's what it was Boastful Loki is one of them really and yeah. they find this bunker they all hide in there and they go through all the stories Alligator Loki I thought Alligator Loki was brilliant it's amazing how much 
personality they can give a relatively facial expressionless creature because oh. there ain't much there is there there's no smiling it was just a bout of noises and sort of body movements that were then translated into words by one of the other Lokis when both Lokis talking about Captain America and Iron Man and all that stuff he calls bullshit himself Dunning goes for him he does I thought that was brilliant what do we think about old Loki or original Loki oh I thought Richard E. Grant was amazing yeah I did would you expect anything less I mean there's a reason they've cast him in this role no his character considering the fact that Alligator Loki and Bosa Loki aren't canical Kid Loki is I thought Richard E. Grant's portrayal of classic Loki was perfect he was which is why he's going to be the big bad what he's going to be the timekeeper I'm doing the air quotes here he's going to be the one who's creating all this and doing all this not Renslayer from last week nope so you've changed it I didn't think Renslayer had I thought last week I'm sure I thought last week there was a Loki behind this and that that Loki was trying to get rid of all other Lokis to avoid it and I think Richard E. Grant's the big bad even though he's just been killed but he hasn't has he has he well there's a couple of things you've got to bear in mind here number one if that smoke cloud thing is something he's created then can't be killed by something that he's created because he's probably in control of it number two let's not just forget he's a master at illusions having just created an entire city so it's highly plausible that he's created this smoke cloud thingy just to act as a deterrent for all the others and actually from time to time visits this purgatory planet just to keep his hand in to keep an eye on the Lokis that he's dealing with I think that might be an option you're looking at me with a confused and disappointed face it's your stance it's quite threatening <laughs> that's different to your prediction last week because we didn't know there was a, a monster no no but I'm, you didn't I, even know there was a post credit scene I, last week no no but I did predict that I thought Loki was the big bad the, and that Renslayer would be working with and I still don't believe that Renslayer doesn't know well last week I said I don't think Renslayer knew about it you said you thought she did I still I think she does I said I don't think she did she's full did. of shit that girl <laughs> you didn't even know the post credit scene was a thing so the, the yeah but once I watched it I did come up with a and also to theory. suddenly go I think Loki's the baddie when the show's called Loki and there's variants of Loki it's not probably hard to say well uh, I think Loki's the well, baddie well what's your prediction then Clever Clogs I've told you my prediction from episode one well I can't remember it you're talking about Khan Kang Kang, Kang. Kang the Conqueror I don't think they're going to expose us to Kang in this series I gave you at least two or three bits of evidence last week and I'm going to give you four bits of evidence this week no no I, look let me get this right I don't dispute for a second that Kang will be part and parcel of this story arc but I think the series will provide us with breadcrumbs that ultimately lead us to Kang in the next Ant-Man movie but I don't think we're going to see Kang before the Ant-Man movie well that would make sense we covered that when I said to you that TV shows weren't part of the MCU at that point and in the same way as Thanos Guardians of the Galaxy is probably a good example where you had that weird guy with the black smudged eyeshadow he was trying to conquer planets wasn't he so he could get the stone Ronan Ronan was a baddie and he was trying to do shit but Thanos was the big bad who was kind of in charge of things but Ronan was kind of off doing his own thang anyway and I think it's a similar sort of principle here original Loki is doing his thang fucking around with stuff Kang is doing bigger things in the background which perhaps feed into some of what Loki's doing or is being allowed to do but that doesn't detract from the fact that original Loki is going to be the big bad there yeah just well you've it. heard it here first we wait with bated breath for episode six yes this could be embarrassing <laughs>
The specialist all is staying in. <laughs> it's all right. I won't remember it next week. I'll come up with a new theory or the same theory, having already seen the ending. This is the man of thousand theories. <laughs> So, they're hiding in this bunker, aren't they, essentially? Yeah. There's lots of Easter eggs, which I'll come to at the end of the show. The main Loki decides in his wisdom that he needs to crack on and opens the bunker to be presented by... President Loki. President Loki himself and a team of... Well, what were they? I presume they're other variants who've been plonked in this land. This place feels very sparse of people, given how many people we've seen being pruned just in five episodes. I thought there would have been more. And on the basis that Morbius winds up here, I'm quite... Quite surprised that there isn't a anti-TVA former TVA employees union on that very planet where when another one lands and go hey ex-TVA come join us because we're going to figure out how to get out of it and then we're going to go and uh, cause some mischief well technically there is it's in my easter eggs but if it is that which it is has a wider impact to the MCU Mobius himself only just got branched off in the comics Mobius is a clone the only people who would survive are the Lokis because obviously as you've covered they always survive those are the people with President Loki are other Lokis because they did all screw President Loki over which yeah. suggests they were again as an easter egg but one of them is the bearded one that we saw in episode 2 right when he goes to Rock's Cart and they show the hologram and they show the Hulk variant ah. and they show him winning the Tour de France yeah there's another variant that we see in the holograms that is actually there okay but obviously President Loki is from the comics the running theme is which has been mentioned across all of these episodes so far all the Lokis end up either dying but always end up surviving everyone else thrown on this planet doesn't survive yeah they don't have the ability to keep away from the cloud Alioth is the cloud that you're referring to right which is a mahoot of easter egg is it oh yeah Mahout of Easter egg. Are you saving this? Are you going to? Oh well, yeah, I have to because I've got loads of them. So I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to squander the time. Really, having done a bit of the old Loki planet, we should mention about the fact that at the TVA they go back to the courtroom for some reason. They start in the chamber where she's got the spear pointed at her, and for some reason they go back down to the courtroom where they're having a debate over what really happens. I think Sylvie takes her there to find out what's gone on. Well, why don't she just quiz her well, in the well, chamber? She's got Miss Minutes to go back and buy time well Miss Minutes is a bit wrong isn't she yeah Miss Minutes is basically just taking a time like a librarian looking for a book that hasn't been returned waiting for the guards to turn up well she's like you know the bank where they have those buttons under the mm. desk and she's frantically so, yeah. pushing the button well that's exactly what's going on Sylvie gets onto it and ultimately ends up purging herself doesn't she mm. pruning herself um, <laughs> <laughs> bit rude as you do with an enormous stick with a magic stick she then ends up on the same planet as Loki but do you believe I mean before we get there do, do you believe that Renslayer doesn't have a clue like she's suggesting because she does then go and quiz to the former B12 is it sounds like a vitamin it's what <laughs> vegans need isn't it to survive but yeah she quizzes her as though she doesn't know the answer which suggests that she does legitimately have no idea who is the big bad well I don't think she does in the comics she is a princess from the 43rd century now if she's been at the very very beginning of all this if she's been taken has been mind wiped or at least wiped to a point where she knows certain things but not everything when the head was decapitated and it was turned out that they were androids she seemed she didn't seem as stunned given her whole world has just come crashing down around her ears but she seemed shocked by the the fact that they weren't real I know well is she though she was still very much we have to maintain order we have to keep the TVA going and 
And quite rightly, Silver was like, for who? That's someone who, when the head of the snake's been cut off, everyone's running around helter-skelter. She's trying to maintain order. Can you imagine what would happen if people learned they weren't real? The whole of their belief system is destroyed. I think she's trying to maintain some order. It's gone to B12 to establish what she knows has kept her separate. I mean, she's not only she behind a force field, she's behind a wall. <laughs> Because I actually thought when that wall opened up that we were going to see that it would show that she knew something. Yeah. But then it all it did was she separated her completely from everyone else, like massively isolated her. And I think that's on purpose. So B12 can't say to anyone, oh, by the way, you've been indoctrinated. It's all a lie. But she's genuinely trying to find out who's behind it. She's had her mind wiped, been fed information, but she's also a puppet in the whole scheme. Mm. But I don't think she's complicit with it. It'd be interesting to see how much she plays in the next episode. Obviously, Morbius has headed back that way to do something. Bring the TVA down, as he puts it. But it feels like the main story arc's going to be following Sylvie and Loki when they find out original Loki's the big bad. (laughs) I think you're going to have a dual narrative. It'll split the episode between where they go to at the end of this and where Mobius goes back to, because his return will immediately create friction, people questioning their reality, because he should have been pruned. So his return will be like, whoa, hang on, I thought you were dead, but actually that's not how it is. Mm. It's the good place, <laughs> or, or not. Well, it's not It's not that good a place, is it? It not seems really. pretty grim and, it is a little bit bad. and broken. Do you think that they will have taken that shit blanket with them? That's not going to go with them. Because it was a rubbish blanket. She was quite right when she complained about the blanket. That is the most ridiculous blanket ever made. Yeah, you get from the pound shop where mm. they're about... A pound? Yeah, a millimetre thin, and it's that cheap, horrible, weird, silky, oh, nylon-y stuff. material. Yeah, it's not very good. Then if you sat by a fire, you'd probably go up like Piper Alpha. If you're going for a blanket because you're cold, you want something big and woolly and fluffy, don't you? You want something with a decent tog. Yeah, good tog rating. <laughs> a good tog rating, If yeah. anyone understands togs. A million tog. Isn't the tog rating universal? Well, I don't know. I mean, not in the MCU, I must. Well, yeah, in the MCU. Well, it must it? be. I presume it is, and it was introduced for that very reason. However, I don't know anyone who understands the actual system if someone says five togs to me that could mean really thin it could mean really thick it could mean it's made out of duck feathers I have no idea do you? I have no idea I'm aware of it I don't know what it means all I know is that occasionally when I get too hot my tog duvet gets thrust off me and when I'm too cold it gets wrapped around me I think it's just another opportunity for people to sell merchandise (laughs) you'll see a Loki themed I will be buying that blanket that is not going to be one of our gifts from the competition. <laughs> no. It was a bit shit. Maybe that was the extent of his powers. You could only materialise a little bit more. So it was quite interesting that the Lokis he wound up with, child Loki seemed slightly redemptive. I mean, I know he'd left when it got a bit tasty. It wasn't really his fight, was it? So you understand that to a degree. Bearing in mind he killed Thor. He's obviously not nice. Each one of the Lokis has obviously got a backstory. It was good to have the face-off between all of them. Although fans like the nod to the existence of other variant Lokis if every week we kept seeing oh here's another one and here's one here and well it dilutes it doesn't it the way they drove the story forward with President Loki trying to do a takeover well, that was just a bit of a comic scene is that the slapstick you're them. talking about <laughs> yeah I mean 
Yes and no. I didn't mind that too much. Some of the lines that Child Loki came out with were just a bit shit. Yeah, it felt forced in the same way that Sylvie and Loki, when they first met, were sort of doing these one-liner quips that felt forced and artificial and a bit cheesy. A couple of times this crept into this episode and then it melted away in the same way as episode three sort of settled down and found its rhythm. So Richard E. Grant's Loki was quite deep what he was discussing was quite emotionally weighted in the same way as Tom Hiddleston's Loki in so far as feeling lonely and just wanting to get away from it all and feeling a bit lost and undefined in what they are and where they fit into the whole scope of things. And that was great, but that only happened once they'd left the bunker and were getting a bit more into the nitty-gritty. We had some great scenes between Sylvie and original Loki. Yes. But we'd already set the groundwork for that so that was great we had a lovely scene with Morbius and Loki I mean that was quite nice the old you're my mate big man hug before we got to that we had him pick them up in a pizza delivery yeah that was brilliant which saved them that was a nice I mean if I was a big cloud monster that ate stuff the pizza van would be the first thing I'd go for but ooh pizza <laughs> instead he went for something bigger greedy and missed out on the he pizza he went for fish <laughs> Fish and the ship. Yeah. Fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice opportunity for them to reunite. Now, obviously, Mobius is turned now because he knows it's all been a lie. So he's Team Loki now, isn't he? He is. Do you think they're going to see each other again? Because it kind of felt like they were going off on a different direction with nah. different jobs. It makes sense for Mobius to go back to the TVA. That's the logical thing to do. Because he's a nice guy, he'll have built up a lot of rapport with the people he works with. And so they're more likely to listen to him. If you imagine Sylvie and Loki come back having just been zapped they're gonna get zapped again aren't they so it makes sense for him to go back there and it makes sense for them who now have forged a really deep bond to go on the final episode and find out what exactly is going on would be nice to round up episode six with some answers because it makes sense that mobius could go into the movies i think it'd be very sad if owen wilson's character simply existed in six episodes and not utilize him in other stuff and i think the same with sylvie yeah there will be a payoff and whether it is that tom hiddleston hands up his horns because I don't think our two current Lokis are going to be able to coexist in the same reality no it's going to be difficult unless of course the TVA timeline is all bullshit if that's the case all these branch timelines technically mean nothing they've been using this as a, an illusion to keep control of people who have been abducted from other times we don't know what that Nexus event and I know the TVA were saying the Nexus event's a bad thing but you don't necessarily know whether they're not being genuine about that they might want to stop threads breaking out and I understand that maybe the result of this show is that those branches are now allowed to create all those multiverses but the strong nexus event that we were talking about when they were sitting on the planet yeah actually could be something that just breaks everything that's why they won't be able to be together because we haven't seen them in the real world since then have we they've been in the TVA where it doesn't count or they've been in this purgatory place where it doesn't count we find out in this episode when they reset a timeline we were led to believe in the first few episodes that when they put those time bomb things that it completely deletes the whole thing it doesn't they take that variant timeline and they move it to the end of time that means they still exist that actually they aren't killing people they, well they, they are they're killing them a bit further down the line because you know, what they're doing is they take them to the end of time and feed them to a cloud monster when they do that they hit them with the rod those people go to yeah. the pergatory planet the whole of that branch 
branch doesn't get pruned they just move it along so it won't affect anything time is like a linear thing that's you just move it to the end of the line yeah that far away that it isn't going to cause problems to anything else I presume the idea being that as time moves on it just keeps pushing those further and further away so actually you never get anywhere near but it's all very complicated well in terms it? of quantum mechanics time's infinite but then it keeps growing unless you went there specifically and had the technology to do that the only person who has got that is original Loki Miss Time's a f- little bugger isn't she Miss Minute Woman yeah I think she knows more and is more autonomous than I think we've been led to believe at the minute well I'm surprised you haven't suggested that she's the big man well no actually thinking back I think it was episode 2 where Loki was asking how interactive are you I think that was a cheeky little nod to something that'll be relevant further down the line because in this episode she's the one who comes up with the oh the super special magic spaceship she comes up with that idea unprompted herself which suggests she has a consciousness Mm. to respond to a situation and that either suggests that she's a being or she's being controlled by a being is that another prediction (laughs) it's like anti-avengers big bad I don't think she's a big bad I think she's part of the team you think she's complicit though yeah she is either the consciousness of original Loki or she's been created by original Loki yeah something like that I don't okay. know <laughs> well I think it's an exciting theory exciting don't patronise me <laughs> No, it's true. At least it's a suggestion than nothing, isn't it? Dead That's air. even more patronise. Patronise me. <laughs> so we got Miss Minutes and Classic Loki are up there with your big bad theory. Yeah. Okay. Well, come on. No, you, we're not. You, you spill yours. Are you sitting there looking all smug with your no, 16 not. pages 16. of Easter eggs and notes? Well, five. <laughs> Are we not at the Easter egg stage though, are we? Yes. No, I know, but I feel that you're holding back on what your predictions might be, having read all of that shit. My predictions are what they've always been. What I'm doing is presenting you with evidence to support why I think it's that. <laughs> I'm not just merely going, well, it's this. I'm saying the reason why I'm suggesting it's Kang is for this, this, and this. Yeah, but that's reasons. your problem. I'm more fluid and flexible. I evolve to the situation very Loki-esque. Adjust myself to that situation. You're far too rigid in your belief as but, to well, where I'm this like is the going. You used to be indecisive, now you just don't know. You're inflexible, and that's why you're going to lose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just see what happens in episode 6 I'll delete this section <laughs> It turns out not to be the case So in the story, the whole gang's back together Woohoo! As you say, a lot of it interaction between the different characters And I thought they were really good Which is why this episode wasn't as good as last week's But was a good episode Yeah. We didn't just get classic Loki with Richard E. Grant And then he disappeared I thought his role in this episode was really powerful And it's quite subtle as well And it showed how powerful Lokis are Well, I mean, our Loki he's upgraded because now he can do enchantment he stuff. But I don't think he realised he could do that, although he has used it before. Yeah, but that was using the Mind Stone, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. I don't forget, it was a different variant of him, so he's probably not aware of that. The two of them was a bit of a guardian to the galaxy, let's all hold the Mind Stone together thing, let's go hands. But even classic Loki, think about the power when he's resurrecting Asgard from the ground up as merely a, an, illusion. Uh, an illusion. Yeah. That takes some serious power to buy time. Kid Loki says, you know, this is my domain, so he stays. Why would he decide that that's where he wants to stay? Is that because he's in charge there? Probably. We don't know his backstory. We know that he could end up being in the Young Avengers if that happens. Nah, not that actor. God, I hope not. He's only had, what, the end of one episode? He's only had this episode to grow. It's not about the growing, it's about the delivering of basic lines. I appreciate it's difficult being a thespian, but if you're on a Marvel show, you need to be delivering them better than that. Maybe he was just slightly shown up because he's a young kid that I'm kicking, because 
he was standing next to Tom Hiddleston and Richard E. Grant. Well, to be fair, there is that, isn't there, with the two amazing actors. I mean, in fairness, I mean, young actors, they haven't got the level of years on Richard E. Grant. I mean, Richard E. Grant's on 135 movies. Tom Hiddleston's been around for a while from stage and theatre, so he's got a good background. There's rumours that the girl who's playing Ms. Marvel, Marvel is having problems with her. Oh, right. Child actors, I agree, aren't the greatest, depending on where you pick them from. The best one to look at, if you ever want to see how to act from a child perspective, there's a YouTube clip of Elliot from E.T., his audition. The best audition for a child actor ever, to the point where Steven Spielberg says, you got the gig. Daniel Radcliffe's a great actor, but whenever you look at him, he looks like Harry Potter. Emma Watson, she struggled as Emma Watson because her personality and the way she acts was very Hermione. Mm. I thought she was an amazing Hermione, but now she kind of always comes across as a bit Hermione-esque. In all the films I've seen of her, she's not been brilliant. And I haven't seen Rupert Grint in anything particularly since then. He did a, a short-lived series on Crackle. Problem is, is with child actors, they struggled. We see interviews with Danny Radcliffe. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. Because of the pressures. The guy who played the kid in Terminator 2, he went off the rails of drugs. He Macaulay was, Culkin, he went to be yeah, divorced he, he, his parents. Oh, he went it? proper mental. And then you've got the other kid from Phantom Menace, who was just hand-picked in an open casting pressures of that he got a trolled kid from Sixth Sense I mean he's been in a few things but he had huge weight gain like dance mums isn't it you are put under so much pressure externally you're not like other kids and then you have all the pressures of dealing with the press and dealing with the media and dealing with being trolled by people who didn't think you were great it can't be good he hasn't had that much time to grow into the role hopefully he does better if he does end up in the Young Avengers mm. but then you're pitting him off against Richard E. Grant exactly I feel we should do some easter eggs do because you? yeah I feel we've covered most of the story because there wasn't a huge story arc and we've yeah. covered the characters I feel these easter eggs are going to uh, perhaps even see me develop further some of my theories and hypotheses I've tried to keep these in chronological order however I did watch it twice and found others so they may not be as they appear valuable nonetheless top of this episode with the name Journey into Mystery episode 5 references the name of the comic where Thor was introduced we see Alioth the Usurper which is the massive void that is sucking off every everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fair scene in 1993 which is a rival to Kang the Conqueror Alioth was unbound by time was accidentally released by Judge Renslayer and because of Alioth the size of it Kang never was able to expand his empire vertically beyond 2000 BC Okay so do we think that those memories that Sylvie sort of senses at the beginning and ultimately is what they're trying to do at the very end do you think they're going to get some of that canon information that's an easter egg at the very end of my easter eggs okay as you rightly say she enchants Alioth and gets this flash forward to something when they both hold hands and enchant Alioth again opens the barrier because Alioth was massive it prevented Kang's empire growing Alioth was the only being that could take on Kang's empire another piece of evidence to Kang the Conqueror is the big bad last episode we covered the easter egg section I said there was Avengers Tower upon further investigation we actually find that it's Kanga Enterprises in 2015 Avengers Tower was sold to a mysterious character Mr. Griffon aka Nathaniel Richards aka Kang the Conqueror who was trapped in the 21st century he sold it to him and it was called Kang Enterprises which is a little bit on the nose then we move nicely on to where they're walking across the wasteland we see Yellow Jacket's head the villain from Ant-Man now obviously it's massive but that might explain the fact the last time we saw him we 
who's been crushed by some atomic particles. Possibly he's been thrown into a variation where he went big again because his suit would allow him to go small and big. There's a reference on the time ticker to Oak Island, which anyone will know in normal mainstream media that that could be a link to the hidden treasure island mystery that people have been trying to find the pirate treasure for years. There's a ingrown nuclear tank cleverly placed because it was built by Chrysler in the 1950s but was never put in production for obvious reasons. The tank was called the TV-8. Oh yes, you can't make these up can you? I know, so that's an actual thing. We get to see Thanos' helicopter. I beg your pardon. Did you see it? The yellow one. Yes, so that's from the comics. The 1979 appearance of Spidey Super Stories. We see in the opening credits where it pans down to the bunker, TVA trays and juice boxes that had obviously been strewn across it appears. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of trays in the soil depth. Well, I thought that was a bit weird. I thought someone had been just lazy, just done copied and pasted. I was thinking lazy for other reasons that TVA workers couldn't be arsed putting them back on the shelf to be cleaned. They've just hit them with the baton. Oh, I can't be arsed. Clearing up my table, I'll just prune it. Exactly that. But that's quite funny. I just thought the special effects person had just done copy and paste to get onto the pulp a bit sooner on a Friday. Lazy minute. I like the TVA one myself. We also see at the same time the variant Molnir, which leads nicely on to Throg, who's in a jar trying to pick it up. I mentioned last week that the alligator Loki could be a reference to the Throg comics but this time in the intro we see Frog in a jar trying to grab hold of the massive Molnir. A guy called Simon Waterston was the human transformed into a frog by magic and then he was granted the powers of Thor. This also ties into a reference to Thor the Dark World I think it was when they were doing a reenactment. Yeah when Thor goes back to Asgard doesn't he? He's pretending to be Odin and they're doing the... Yeah and he yeah. says I remember that time when you turned you into a frog. Possible link to that. The alligator being given Roxy wine, call back to Rox cart that we saw in episode two. Child so, Loki was drinking a juice box one. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. He was drinking an Ecto Cooler. Okay. This is interesting because in the whole of the series there have been a lot of gags to drinks or products that have been discontinued. Notably, Mobius was drinking Josta. Casey was drinking Boku juice. Kid Loki was drinking the Ecto Cooler High C which were released in 1989 as a tie into the real Ghostbusters cartoon ah oh yes boom boom so you got one there that was good no, I, saw it. Only 12 I, I noticed in. he was drinking a juice box I didn't even know it was an Easter egg yeah I just thought he was a kid in a juice box now Polybius, the game that's in the bunker, is known by conspiracy theorists the world over, linked to real-life mysteries across popular culture. Polybius was a arcade game that allegedly hypnotised players for some sinister reason linked to the CIA or the NSA, potentially. However, before they could find these, the cabinets all strangely vanished without a trace. No way. Manchurian candidate style. Yeah, yeah. But that's an actual popular culture thing. All right. So these games did exist. So what they've done is they've thrown it into this episode as if they've been TVA'd, which is quite interesting. Moving on, we had the President Loki and Bearded Loki, which I've already mentioned. The variant Loki holograms featured the Bearded Loki. Following on from the theme where people's arms are cut off, President Loki gets his hand bitten off by... That was a bit grim, wasn't it? Call back to the Empire Strikes Back where Luke Skywalker loses a hand. Not to a crocodile, he didn't. (laughs) It's a tribute to Star Wars. Following on from Bucky Barnes, Groot, Aldrich Killian, now... Loki, the 
President variant. We see the Hula Girl on the dashboard of the pizza vehicle we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we've also saw it in WandaVision when Darcy's got it on the truck when she's trying to hijack the vehicle. The other one, which is amazing, have you ever seen the film The Philadelphia Experiment? No. Worth a watch, 1980s film based on allegedly true military experiment where they were trying to join the war, fit a, a ship with cloaking technology that allegedly sent it into the future. Right. When the ship lands in front of the monster, that is the ship from the Philadelphia Experiment, which is called the USS Eldridge, a Navy destroyer escort class. I hope no one ever gave that theory to someone, like, I don't know, in front of a job interview or something. (laughs) That feels a bit far-fetched as a conspiracy theory, that in the 80s there was a cloaked ship that could time jump. Oh no, the film's the 80s, it's in October 1943. So is that a fictional movie? The movie's based on the actual military testing that was going on. So the ship, the USS Eldridge, there was something that happened. Hmm. That's been documented. So all they've done is taken popular culture and they've given it an answer, which is... I have my sceptical face. If you type in to Google the Philadelphia Experiment, it'll all come up. I do like the way that they've basically Googled everything that's unexplained and thrown it into the... Yeah. It's gone here. Absolutely. Well, that's, I think that's what they've done. The registration number plate of the pizza truck is a callback to an Easter egg I mentioned in episode two. Mark Grunwald, who is the physical likeness of Mobius, also was the comic book writer who created Alioth in the first place. You mentioned Ronan the Accuser. We see the Dark Aster which is a Kree ship that was destroyed in Guardians of the Galaxy. Possibly there's a timeline where he did in fact destroy Xandar. Ended up being pruned. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels very rude when When it's described like that. Yeah, yeah. He became the Lord and Emperor of Xandar and got pruned. He did. Thoroughly. If you thought that was rude, my next one is about a ship from Uranus. (laughs) (laughs) We see what could be a Uranian alien spacecraft, which could be a link to Robert Grayson, a.k.a. Marvel Boy, who was an atomic energy expert who built a rocket which was mysteriously directed to Uranus. Uranus. And I've put brackets, insert rude joke here, which you did successfully. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Uh, There was a lot of Leviathan skeletons. Now, they are the cybernetic troop carriers used by the Chitari in the Avengers movie. And we see what looks like, because it was pruned, the Lamentis escape ship destroyed in the episode Lamentis. Obviously, as we know, it was never meant to leave the planet. This one did and was pruned. What were those thingies with the little ball head? They looked like chickens. Oh, the little... Yeah, I think they were just random. They They were a typical thing that they ship into Star Wars for people to go, oh, they're cute. They always throw that in. The ones off the island. Yeah. Oh, Ireland, yeah, that they like sold penguins, penguin yeah, yeah. jobbies. We get to see a destroyed Sanctum Sanctorium, which is where Doctor Strange lives. Now, there's a massive deep cut Easter egg here because on the hatch, which is another link to Lost, there is a symbol on the door which translates in Hindi to poisonous substance. We see the pyramid and the Sphinx, another piece of evidence to Kang the Conqueror. Why, you say? Well, because in the comics, one of the alter egos is Ramatut, the alias used by Kang the Conqueror. Well, in fact, he retired to that time period but he starts off in ancient Egypt we then see Red Skull's rocket ship which was used by Red Skull and Captain America the first Avenger then we see a massive easter egg to the living tribunal the multi-phase statue and the reason why this is hugely important the living tribunal is essentially the protector of balance in the multiverse and what he does is he steps in when a single force gets too big for its boots he is the TVA the fact that he's been pruned could indicate that the TVA are trying to remove all evidence 
evidence of his existence because he will step in and sort it out if it threatens the reality. Now we have seen a link to him in the film Doctor Strange when Doctor Strange is being trained in the arts of mystical magic. They have the Living Tribunal staff. We have had a link to the Living Tribunal before. We see the helicarrier. Now this isn't just the helicarrier that was used by Deadpool even before Fox and Disney did the merger. This could well be the Hydra helicarriers. There's possibly an alternate timeline where in fact Operation Insight was successful. The final piece of evidence to explain why Kang the Conqueror is the big bad. Kang's Citadel. Last episode I mentioned that the TVA sits outside the timeline and that the easter egg that was seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Chronopolis, it suggests could be their base of operations. In the middle of the city is Kang's Citadel. I know and those are all very valid points but didn't you say in a previous episode that in the comics Loki did a deal with Kang so that he could be in charge of something while Kang was in charge of other stuff. Kang did a deal with the timekeepers to have a 7,000 year reign. Well I think in this film original Loki is the timekeeper and they've done that deal and so we won't see Kang in this series. We'll see him in future films. He will be the big bad of this next phase. I don't want to say phase 4 because it'll probably be like phase 4, 5 and 6. A bit like Thanos where his presence and our knowledge about him will increase over the course of the next three phases till the big climactic finish that you get in Endgame. I think it'll be the same thing, which means that we aren't going to see him straight away. But you disagree? I don't disagree. I'll just give you a different alternative suggestion. Just for the record, you're saying classic Loki's the big bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's the big bad in this series. I'm not saying he's the big bad. Like behind all of this, the TVA... Kang will bad. be involved, but he won't be the big bad for the purposes of this series. I'm getting the vibes of backpedalling here. No, I don't know no, 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 no. He will be in the background, but won't be the four baddie, because he will become a four baddie further down the line. So are you the guy, when we're playing roulette, you put your money on black and red and also all the numbers. So when, No, no, when no, wins, he, he's the win. puppet master pulling the strings in the back background at the moment original Loki is the puppet that he's pulling the strings of we only see the puppet in this series we don't see the puppet master okay well for clarity you're saying classic Loki I'm saying Kang the Conqueror yeah and never the twain shall meet <laughs> because I think phase four and five are going to be quite closely tied together thanks to Covid Quantumania is not far off in terms no. of films so I mean we know well the time recording this Black Widow's just been released yes. on tomorrow it's tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow it's released, so yeah. I should be watching that tomorrow. It's on Disney Plus tomorrow. Yeah, so you can either see it in the wow. cinemas or you can rent it on Disney Plus if you don't feel like you want to contract a deadly virus by sitting next to somebody prematurely before you've had your jabs. I'm going to rent it. In fairness, the cinemas round here, you wouldn't be getting COVID-19. <laughs> you may be getting thrush. <laughs> well, either way, I don't want any of that stuff. I just want to sit happily at home and gorge on some Marvel fest i'm looking forward to that film but i think we said this previously it kind of feels like they're just tying off a loose end although i haven't seen this been led to believe there was a post-credit scene on this film they will tie it into some stuff for going forward because otherwise it'd be pointless bringing it out because no one would watch it so they will make it relevant but it does kind of feel like we're looking at a character who's not going to be around or will we 
in well, multiverse, maybe see, we will. This could tie it all back in. I think Scarlett Johansson would do another film if presented, and they've already suggested there could be a sequel to this. I think the door's left open, and what this does, if it ties into Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and the multiverse, if they all are connected in what we're seeing with Loki and WandaVision, it leaves all the things open, doesn't it? It does, but does it detract slightly from the emotional weight when she dies to give up the soul stone? It does, the same as you've got the story arc with Gamora being a different yeah, variant of Gamora. Exactly. We'll have to wait and see. Marvel always do a very good job. My question to you, as we've slightly gone on a tangent, we'll bring yes, it back, bring to it do back our, in. We'll bring it back in after this question. Oh. What do you think about the latest Instagram post that we may be seeing a return of Wolverine? Um, I haven't seen that post. I did know this, actually. Someone had mentioned, I'm sure I've heard or read about Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine again. Now that Disney It's not have... confirmed, but he had yeah, a meeting with there was Kevin a, Yeah, I'm pretty certain he probably will come back. I don't know. I, do I'm, you like that I'm idea? I'm not opposed to the idea. I'm interested to see what they do with X-Men generally. Yeah, I thought it was quite exciting because I know Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are good friends and also business colleagues who have the bit of bounce on social media. They were quite liking the idea of Deadpool against Wolverine, as you rightly say, all back into the fold. I just thought it'd be quite an exciting thought. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we'll see him for a while, but it's nice to know that he's now considering coming back. I don't know whether Patrick Stewart's going to get wheeled in because he's 81 or whatever. If he makes it past Picard season two, that'll be great. <laughs> I know this is the thing that's really starting to upset me slightly is the thought that one day Patrick Stewart might not be here. We're not going to have to have an episode of sadness. Oh my God. We'll just have like a two minute podcast. Anyway, before I start crying yeah. live on a podcast. So let's go on to scores on the doors. We end this episode leaving open to a massive conclusion of season one. We've left it with Mobius going back to TVA to create havoc. We've left it with Sylvie and Arloki going to Kang Citadel, a classic ethereal castle in the sky. Not to be confused with a song from the 90s. So what did you think? What was your score on this? Mm, my knee-jerk reaction would be to give it a 7, but actually, with hindsight, and I've only watched it once, so I think I'm going to give it an 8, because actually watching it a second time, I think I'll enjoy it even more. And I strongly suspect when I've watched next week's episode, I'll probably appreciate this one even more, in the same way as I feel now I was slightly harsher about episode 3 than I should have been, because the groundwork delayed in that and it was still a good episode it wasn't like you know you get these crappy filler ones where they lay the groundwork it was still a good episode but they laid so much groundwork that paid such dividend in four and I feel we're going to get the same so I'm going to give it an eight what about you oh I'm going to give it an eight they've paced it well it didn't not deliver for me I like these threads quite like the way they tie everything in you see I missed a lot of those I'm glad that you do these sections because I wouldn't know a lot of these things I'm not all fair with a lot of the comic book stuff now we've mentioned them if you watched it a second time I reckon you'd appreciate you'd see them well that's why I've given it an eight instead of a seven because actually now knowing that and then re-watching it you'll get a lot more excited about seeing those bits and pieces yeah I mean so that's why I think these score high they keep the fans happy loads of easter eggs that actually may pay off later down the line because we don't know whether Yellow Jacket still exists we don't know whether he's in the quantum realm could he be a villain in Ant-Man 3 all these things actually do have payoffs in the multiverse we might see some of these easter eggs pop up as they have already for example Wakanda Forever is going to have Namor as the villain which was actually linked in Endgame and goes way back to Iron Man 1 where he's on the map 
or at least Atlantis is on the map. It's their equivalent to Aquaman. They plant these seeds and they go back years. Wakanda appeared in Iron Man 2008. We're going to see Abomination 2008. These are things they've planted seeds for years and years ago. You see these things and you think, well, they're not going to pop up. But actually, they may be doing it on purpose because they've got plans. Now they've got TV. We know they're doing other shows. We know they're going to have appearances. There's the Heroes for Hire, the likes of Luke Cage in it, which they may recast. I don't know. I they hope they don't, by the way. I want to have the ones they had before. Luke Cage started well and then went a bit shit. Yeah. Jessica Jones was great. Really well, yeah, enjoyed that. That. Was, that was good. I thought Daredevil was generally good. Yeah. They had a wobbly bit, I think, in season two, but that was quite good. Iron Fist, Iron Fist was a bit mm. rubbish, but again, the second season, he was a lot less whiny and therefore it was better. So written better, perhaps it wouldn't be as bad. And when they all came together, the good. Defenders was yeah. quite good. I would be disappointed because then that feels like you're losing all of those good shows. Whereas actually, if I was Disney, I'd be inclined to keep those, but just build on them in a way that ingratiates them into your universe. That's the reason why I've scored it the way I have, because they've done all that. When I checked the time of it, it was over, but it didn't feel like it was just a 30-odd minute episode. It felt longer. No, you see, I did think, I didn't know it was 30 minutes because I didn't look, but it did feel like a short episode. I wonder how long the next one's going to be. I hope that's going to be sort of close to an hour. I do feel slightly cheated when these shows go short, because there's no restriction on time. No. And when they do these short ones I kind of feel like I've been shortchanged which is wrong I know because you should only have it as long as you need to tell the story you're telling and to have to fill time is when things start becoming slow paced and inconsistent which I get but I guess I just need that weekly injection of Marvel and anything less than 44 hours It's just not acceptable. Well, you've got Black Widow to build up, haven't you? So. Yeah. That, for me, is why I've chosen eight. Very good. Well, we look forward to your review of nine out of ten for the final amazing episode of Loki. And then we'll do a full review of the season. We might even get a guest on. Ooh. Do what we normally do and get, like, a proper specialist who turns out <laughs> not to know fuck all about the subject matter. <laughs> we'll get a guest on to get another opinion on their thoughts on Loki. Can't get Gareth because he's in lockdown still because he's got himself a female <laughs> we could get Dave who knows nothing but is a fan but doesn't know anything about the subject and he's lovely he's Dave then we could get Dave on so. I'll have to check his watched it first oh yeah that's a good point actually yeah <laughs> Because he'd say yes, wouldn't he? And then not know anything about it. For the record, we went to an event last week, didn't we? Where you have to do presentations. And we did presentations for our own individual businesses. But we both wore our TVA jackets. And I was only half listening because I was in the middle of doing my presentation. But you could hear people going, oh, I've been meaning to watch that. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to be good, isn't it? Oh, what is that? I wasn't sure who in the room was using those statements. Dave could very well have been one of those people who said, oh yeah I mean to get around to watching that Disney you need to pick up on this we're doing marketing for you guys I know for nothing give us some money the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk give us a review absolutely five stars if you liked it five stars if you didn't because it's equally good yeah and you know we're doing this for free so go easy to be fair yeah share it with your friends give us some messages DM us throw some comments on them we want to read some comments I haven't read any comments on at all during this season now Um, I had a rumour that you do a poll every week every week I do a poll on the episode you can give us your thoughts on that episode I get 
votes, but I don't get any comments. I want people to give their thoughts, give their opinions. Make it controversial if you want to be controversial. Disagree with us, that's cool. I just want to read out some thoughts, people's insights. So yeah, do that. Twitter is the poll. Just type in the two marks, all one word. We're on Instagram, same, and Facebook if that's your platform of choice. Yeah. Thank you for listening, I suppose. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, all one of you. <laughs> Tune in for the final next week. When I'm proven right. Excelsior! <laughs>